0: it's nice to be with you again this evening and this uh, service of worship. Uh, I'd like to begin with a few questions for you. Uh, Friends, would you like a better life? Would you like a truly good life where you can thrive in a chaotic and unpredictable world? If you do, well, you are in the right place this evening. With these three points that I will share with you tonight, it will put you on the sure path path to success. And the three points are simply, have a meaningful life, have a mindful life, and have a grateful life. Now, you're probably wondering why I'm starting this way. Well, it's because the elders said that I could give a self-help talk tonight instead of a sermon. <laughs> Dramatic pause. Well, actually, that's not true. They said you better get a sermon or else. Now, why did I begin this way? It's because this evening, the uh, Well, my my comments, of course, are gonna be based on God's word, but I'd like to do a little comparison and contrast uh, between the Bible and Time Magazine. Now, when we hear messages from the world, sometimes those messages are in direct conflict with God's word, but sometimes those messages sound oddly familiar Except God is taken out, and uh, we're going to look at uh, three of those messages this evening. The scripture reading tonight is from First Thessalonians chapter First Thessalonians five verses twelve to twenty-two, and the sermon will be focusing on those famous words in verses sixteen and seventeen. 1 Thessalonians five twelve. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers, warn those who are idle. Encourage the timid, help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always try to be kind to each other and to everyone else. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind. Evil. This is the word of the Lord. As I said, there are times we'll read things in the Bible and they may be echoed in the, wor- in the world. Uh, for instance, uh, verse 15, be kind to everyone. We have all heard the random acts of kindness. And this is a good thing. It is good to be kind to others. But what about true biblical kindness? I mean, true kindness is being led by the Spirit of God. You could even say, in the ministry of kindness, to accomplish God's purposes. Oh, this is much deeper than just, oh, be kind. It'll make them feel good, makes me feel good. The Bible goes, of course, so much deeper. So what I'd like to do in the next few moments is to focus in on uh, be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, and uh, see how this uh, measures up with three different articles from Time Magazine. So first, be joyful always or rejoice always. I guess the question is, is why? Why should we rejoice always, be joyful always? Well, in October of 2016, in uh, time, uh, there was an article, Four Ways to Find a More Meaningful Life. Actually, the article was a review of a book by Emily Smith, and the book was entitled, The Power of Meaning, Crafting a Life That Matters. The Power of Meaning. And rightly so, in this book, the author said, Happiness is not where to go because happiness is dependent on our feelings and our feelings are constantly changing. And if you really think about it, if all you do is strive for happiness, often that goal of happiness will reap negative consequences in our lives. So don't go there. So what this author did is uh, looked at many scientific studies, did a thorough a scientific analysis on what it is to have a meaningful life, you will not believe the results. I I couldn't believe it when I read them. I'm going to summarize them for you. Uh, First, people with a meaningful life need purpose. I'm sorry, back up. People with a meaningful life need belonging. They need to belong. They need to meet with other people that have shared interests and can share about their life and receive support from one another. Hmm, I I think I've heard that somewhere before. A second is, is purpose. You need to have a purpose, a reason for why you're doing what you're doing. And this purpose needs to be greater than just serving yourself. It needs to serve a goal outside of you. There is a great little story from 1962. President Kennedy was was visiting Nassau. He runs into a janitor, and the president asks this guy what he's doing, and the janitor replies, I am putting a man on the moon. Talk about purpose. Secondly... Uh, This book says, to have a, a life for meaning, you need to have good storytelling. And you need to have, these are not my words, it's from this book, you need to have a redemptive story. Hello? A redemptive story. Now, unfortunately, this book takes God out, so it speaks of things like, oh, Look at su- superheroes. They, have a, they can often have a, have a narrative, uh, a redemptive arc in their story. And uh, people with real meaning are people that are honest with their struggle, uh, with their trials, and even their tragedies. And they don't let them get them down. They understand how these could be used to make them better people. And this is their redemptive story that they have. And the fourth way to have meaning in life is transcendence. Being in awe, being in awe, feeling small and understanding there is something so much greater. Well, we sang about this in verse 2 of How Great Thou Art, this transcendence in creation. Now, there was a study done, and I often wonder how people come up with these ideas for studies. But when I read this one, I thought, I'm sharing this with you. Okay, there were two groups of people. One group of people looked at 200-foot-tall office buildings. I don't know who thinks of this? I don't know. 200-foot-tall office buildings. The other group of people looked at 200-foot-tall trees. Okay? Guess which group were the most helpful to other people after the study. It was the tree people, of course. And it's kind of the verse, too, of how great they are. The point is, they had a sense of awe in creation. And this gave them meaning. And this book says nothing about God. I was amazed when I read this article. I thought this is one of the most biblical, not biblical articles on, on meaning that I, have, that I have ever read. I could not believe how it echoed biblical principles and yet, and yet took God out. And so we uh, come here to this passage. Uh, it says, be joyful always. Rejoice always. Why? Well, we don't rejoice because, oh, I had my morning coffee. Or, some of you, oh, I have no homework. I rejoice. Or, oh, I got a little extra time. I'm I going to watch my favorite show. Or, I get to wear my favorite outfit today. Oh, I feel good. And this is not, of course, not why. And I would even make the case that we don't rejoice always just because we follow the four points of a meaningful life from this book. We rejoice always Because God exists, because God created, and because God saves. We rejoice because in God's grand redemptive plan, not only is it big picture, it's small picture. And it includes me, and it includes you, that our lives matter. And as we are a part of this beautiful salvation that God has provided us, In Jesus Christ, God gives us a meaningful life. And in that meaningful life, we can rejoice. And how do we rejoice? We belong. Of course, we are a part of the church. And of course, the church is imperfect, and and yet we gather together, united in Jesus Christ as the head. And what is another metaphor, way we describe the church? The family of God. We help one another. We struggle with life together. We lift up those who are weak. We encourage one another. We belong. We also have purpose. We love God. We love people. And God has called us to be salt and light in this world, to be a witness for Jesus Christ, and to build one another up in the church. Our lives matter. We're a part of God's plan. We have purpose. And then, redemptive story. Wow. Our redemptive story is not merely, here is the bad and I'll pick myself up by the bootstraps and try to make the best of it in this short little time I have. No, it is, I was lost and now I'm found. I have trapped in sin and Jesus has saved me and will use me. We have a redemptive story. And then finally, a meaningful life that we can rejoice in is transcendence. Of course, as we enjoy God's creation, as Pastor Matthew said, it, it points us to something much bigger that creates an even bigger awe, and this is Almighty God. Now, if you are a, a, a roller coaster fan, Let's say, can you imagine going to an amusement park, standing there, looking at the roller coaster, going, "Wow, this is amazing! It's so big. Look at all those people that are having fun!" And now I'll leave. You think you're missing out? Hello, or maybe you're a foodie, and oh, you heard about a really good restaurant, so you you go to this restaurant, and somebody looks over and says, "What do you have with you?" I. I brought a ham and cheese sandwich with me. I just wanted to see what other people would order and how good the food would look. Of course not. We can have awe in creation, but we are totally missing out when we do not acknowledge the awesomeness of the creator behind creation and we rejoice in our God. So God calls us to rejoice always, and we can rejoice. We can be joyful because he gives us such a meaningful life. Second, the passage says pray continually, or another famous way to say this is pray without ceasing. The Time article I'd like to refer to is a cover story actually from January of 2014 and it's called The Mindful Revolution. Perhaps you've heard about mindfulness or read it in the news or maybe you've even seen an app or two, mindful apps. In fact, in the, the iPhone health app, they have, you know, your step counter and your, uh, you know miles. They have now mindfulness minutes is, is baked in to the, the operating system. Mindfulness. Well, what is mindfulness? Simply put, mindfulness is a focus on the present. It is awareness. And just focus on the present and on the right now. Mindfulness. The scientific studies on mindfulness have shown that it leads to less stress, anxiety, and depression. It helps us focus on what's truly important. It lowers blood pressure, increases immune response. Some say it's the secret to health and happiness, and for students, it can help them concentrate and lower their stress. Wow. Sign me up. Mindfulness. Mindfulness is good because it forces us to think about one thing at a time in a life where we are constantly distracted by all things digital. Kind of shoves that to the side and and lets focus. Now mindfulness, uh, at least the word and the idea behind it, has its roots in Buddhism. Uh, People like this. Why? Because... Essentially, you're taking God out of the equation again, and oh, let's have mindfulness. But as I'll explain in a a minute, um, I really believe that there's something here about God's created order that is at work, and people are taking God out. In fact, there was once I was talking to somebody who is not a follower of Jesus. Don't ask me how we got on the subject, but... He asked me about my daily prayer time. Fine. So I told him. And when I was done, he looked at me and he said, You would make a good Buddhist. Yeah, I, I, what do you say? Thank you? That was a compliment? I, I don't know. I said, I, I am seeking to be a faithful Christian in prayer. Interesting. Uh, nowadays, though, and in this Time article, actually, all, all uh, connections to Buddhism were taken away. And uh, there are people that don't want to have any spirituality tied to, tied to mindfulness, and so it's very popular in our culture to think of mindfulness in this way. Simply, your brain is a muscle, and you need to work it out, work it Have a workout with your brain in a way to achieve the best effects for your brain. So mindfulness is simply an exercise to exercise your brain muscles, shall we say, in a good way. This is mindfulness. Uh, There are lots of mindfulness classes around now. Oddly enough, mindfulness is really in, in Silicon Valley the very place where all of these people are devising products and software to distract us even more. Interesting contradiction there. All right, enough of that. The Bible says, pray continually. Pray continually. I like the word, actually, obviously, I like the word prayer better than simply mindfulness. I mean, it's fine, mindful, okay, but prayer, that word, it just makes me think more, this is about God and me, this is not about emptying myself or whatever, it is a, a communication with me and Almighty God, and not just some simple mindfulness exercise, so it is rooted in God's existence. And isn't it interesting, the way God designed prayer, it has benefits for our brain. Who knew? I mean, it makes sense. And yet there is so much more to prayer, of course, than mere benefits to our brain. So what about this praying without ceasing bit? This is rather tough. I mean, how do you really live that out? you just walk around every day and you're supposed to be silently moving your mouth, talking, praying at all t- I mean, we can't do that. What, is, what does this even mean? Pray without ceasing. number of, uh, well, actually not a number of years ago, many years ago, uh, before my son was born, uh, my wife said, we need to paint this room. It will be the baby nursery. I said, yes, honey, I will do this. And uh, on church on Sunday, I just happened to mention it to uh, a man there that was retired, and he goes, oh, I love to paint. I'll come over and help you. And I said, oh, wonderful. Thank you, wonderful. So I got all the paint supplies together, and and we went into the room. And uh, I don't know, maybe it's our personalities or what. We didn't even think of bringing a radio in there. My wife was like, you guys are crazy. What's So... We just quietly began painting, we talked a little, and then there was silence. We just focused on our painting, 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 and we were together. Had a wonderful, we talk a little, and then silence. But you know, during that whole time of painting, I was very aware that somebody else was in the room. And because he was in the room, whenever I spoke, his presence had an effect on what I would say, because he was there. So this idea of praying without ceasing, I believe, is something that, well, first of all, all of us need to grow in. No, None of us have, have arrived, and uh, even me preaching this, I'm like, oh, Lord, please help me to do this more. This is what I want. It is going through life, simply being aware of God's presence. And then, if something happens, it is a prayer, Lord, help. Lord, help this person. Help me. Dear God, thank you for this. Oh, Lord, I am sorry. Um, I don't mean to rub this in, but I have America's Best Commute. Okay, it is a four-block walk to school. And uh, when I do this walk intentionally, I have uh, none, of, none of this going on or nothing to do. I, I just walk. And over the years of walking to school, I have seen something beautiful, and it's God's work in my life. And And, and what it is, is I don't even intentionally do this. I start the walk, and I will just... Begin to pray. And then I'll look at the squirrel and the tree and I'll go back to prayer. And it is a prayerful walk every day. And there's no agenda to it, like, oh, I need to pray. But it is just walking in the presence of God. There is something, too, when we are stressed, to settle ourselves and to breathe. Breathing is good. I tell students do this before tests, you know. This is good to breathe and to focus. It is good to be mindful, and here is the biblical point, to be mindful of God's presence. I'd like to close this portion, uh, this, this point, by quoting a, a famous uh, six, 16th century reformed theologian when you see pictures of him he looks so serious and so smart but he also had a passion for the lord and to live for jesus christ brother calvin yes yes john john calvin and uh i have come back to this prayer quote time and time again i might have even shared it a couple years i don't know i might have it is it is wonderful Lifting up our hearts, we should ever aspire to God and pray without ceasing. His beginning of the comments, it is a shout-out to uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Okay? Church, we need to take this seriously, prayer without ceasing. Still, such is our weakness, he acknowledges, we have trouble applying this to our life. Such is our weakness, it must be supported by, by many helps, consequently fitting it is that each one of us should set aside apart certain hours for this exercise hours that should not pass without prayer hours when all the heart's devotion should completely engage in prayer when should we pray upon arising in the morning before we begin our work when we sit down to a meal when by God's blessing we have eaten when we are preparing to retire, no superstitious observation of this. Uh, whereas, whereby, as if paying our debt to God, we fancy ourselves paid up for the remaining hours. No, it must be a tutelage for our weakness, exercise, and repeatedly stimulated. I don't know about you, I'm a to-do list guy, and I want to be faithful in prayer, but I'll have a prayer in the morning, and sometimes it's, okay, check, got the morning prayer done, now I'm going to go on with my day. And uh, what Calvin is saying is, that morning prayer time, that's good, and it is also training and exercise that you don't end with the amen. You continue in this awareness of God's presence. So one of the ways in which we can become more faithful in prayer without ceasing is to have different times planned throughout the day of specific, focused prayer. Not only is this good in in, in terms of praying to God at the moment, but it also trains us to pray without ceasing. Uh, Lastly, give thanks in all circumstances. Uh, The Time article here is from November 2016, uh, just a couple months ago. And uh, it is entitled, Three Easy Ways to Be More Grateful. And uh, much research has been done on thankfulness, and thankfulness does good things to our lives. Newslash. If you are a thankful person, it has been linked with better sleep and reduced depression. A professor at the University of California, Berkeley, said it helps you connect with others and be more optimistic and less likely to ruminate over the negative. And so the plan for thankfulness is this. Uh, The author of the article suggests you start the day by giving thanks. Wow, wonderful. Start the day by giving thanks. Start with three things you're thankful for. And uh, keep doing that every day and just become more specific as time goes on. Use language that focuses on the positive. They took it right from the Bible. Use language, words like blessings and gifts. Express gratitude for others. And finally, a thankful life is a life that serves. A life that serves. Again, here are truths that God has baked into the creative order that humans are discovering through scientific research, and it's already here. The only problem is, of course, again, no mention of God in an article on Thanksgiving, which, in my mind, I think yours, reduces it So, so very much. Biblical thankfulness. Now, if we are rejoicing, if we are praying, this comes easy. Thankfulness, right? Now, the Bible says thankfulness in, not for, every circumstance. Biblical thankfulness is not ignoring the bad. It's it's not just putting behind us, you know, things that are difficult and uh, just pretending they don't affect us. Biblical thankfulness is not just going through life singing. I can't sing it correctly, but you'll get the point. Okay, it's not going through life singing, don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Is that kind of correct? I don't know. I listened to that song in preparation for the sermon It's a catchy tune, has no backbone, no foundation at all, other than like the tune. This is not biblical thankfulness. Biblical thankfulness, it recognizes the difficulty. It recognizes that there is sin and suffering in this world, and God did not initially create the world this way. God created good and sin has brought this. So it is not yay, yay for the effects of sin. But it is because of who God is. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Because God's character never changes. Because God is faithful. In this we can rejoice. Because we know the suffering will not last forever. We know that God has a plan, God will work for the good. Because in God there is hope, therefore we can have thankfulness in every circumstance. I find myself repeating the Old Testament refrain, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his love endures forever. Let, let's, let us say this together, shall we? Here we go. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. My friends, this is biblical thankfulness. This is the reason why we can have thankfulness in all circumstances. It is because who God is. This is why the Apostle Paul who once persecuted Christians and now is severely persecuted himself as a Christian. This is why this man who suffered so much can pen these famous words in Romans 8, and we know in all things, God works for the good for those who have been called according to Christ Jesus. The passage ends with, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I believe this, this is God's will, refers not just to the thanksgiving, but it refers to the joyfulness, to the prayer, and the thanks. Working with students, students often, you know, have a question. What is God's will for me after high school? What do I do Where do I go? These are good questions. Uh, Questions you need to deal with and and pray about. There are many questions in our world about what is God's will for me. That's fine. But here here is square one with what is God's will. Here is what is God's will for you and me tomorrow. And it is. It is to be joyful. It is to be prayerful. And it is to give thanks always. We do not do this alone. As we humble ourselves before God, God's spirit will work these qualities in our life in increasing measure. May that be true of your life. Amen. Amen. Amen.